0: Welcome to the Mindful Surf podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam, the slightly longer-haired... Oh, yeah. ...Morgan. You've, got, you've stepped a little bit away from Hitler.
1: Thank you for saying that. dude. That's you, a good thing to know, isn't you,
0: it? To the listeners who don't know, Liam was looking a little bit like...
1: Just as the fringe grew out Hitler a little bit.
0: in the surf. Um, and I'm glad we've got a kind of relationship where I can say that to you and you don't...
1: Well, you say it to me. It's the listeners that me. might be offended by it. <laughs> <laughs> ah. um, hello, everybody. Nice to be back um, with my long hair. Yeah, it's getting a bit long, isn't it? Well,
0: it, it's... It, are you...
1: I'm just happy you, to have it at try- 44.
0: Well, indeed. And are you, are you now trying to be a surfer? Is that what?
1: Yeah, it's the image.
0: It's, it is. I'm looking, I knew
1: it. I'm looking for a battered old Volvo. Well you got the van. Yeah, I'm going to get a sort of mid-length single fin. Mm-hmm. Like uh and wear like an like oversized Luke from the Raglan Correct. when he did that sort of very funny piss take of um, how some of us hipster surfers take ourselves very seriously. Well um, it's like what Stab
0: said It's like the art of not trying. But yeah. But then what the fuck is that? That's I know. A thing. You, well
1: you're trying. It's definitely it's, not trying with my hair. It's uh well, I don't know what is this the hair show? <laughs> well it is
0: the hair show, but I I saw you made a you made a nice readjustment just before a video once. I was thinking, oh no, he does like to have his hair in a certain place. Now listen, I'll be the very first to admit that I do that to the cows come. Over, yeah. And I do look in the mirror far too much. Yeah. I I think I've, I've kind of always done that. And it's like a it's amazing how habits like anything like picking your nose or mm you just keep doing it yeah and we talk about aesthetics talking about looking at yourself we talk about aesthetics and how it relates to surfing a lot and uh there is a benefit to surfing in that way yeah and there's no need to be shy about that and be dishonest about your human self you know we all want to look look our best and, and that's cool i think that, again it's like so much of what we talk about like when someone tries to deny that yeah. And say, oh no, no, no! I'm far too holy, holy mm. for that to be vain, or to be, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to have a lean stump, no six pack stunt. You know, I want to be in shape, and I don't want to have a round bum and slim waist. What? What? What,
1: what are you describing me for? This-
0: <laughs> 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 but you know what I mean, like you, 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 you're fronting up. Your ego in that way more than
1: even just saying, yeah, I want to have a slim waist. Like what? Well, it's admitting every, there's image in everything, isn't there? It's just don't try, not trying to take it too seriously. That's it. That's all. We it have is. gone just straight in to the hair show, the surfing hair show.
0: Surfing. What, what about pubes? Are we going to get on the pubes? I mean, have you trimmed recently? Have
1: you? Well, I mean, I have a very similar st- style on my head. Top to, hand bottom. To, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very, it. I, I have an incredibly tight curl um, as well. And one of the things is, here's, here is something that is in a sort of, uh, what's the right word? creature of habit vibe sometimes that us uh, older blokes get into is during this sort of whole period of lockdown one of the guys who would cut my hair traditionally he's from sort of the southwest but he lives up in london and i used to when i was up in in that big smoky city go and have my hair cut with him but i haven't seen him for i don't know 10 months or something mm. i've done some self hair cutting Right? If this is of any interest to anybody uh, listening around the world. right on my street. Right on the sides. So I cut You're my... Do You want your pubes, still? Well, obviously, I cut You're those a myself. You're for your pubes. And i leave it. Yeah, yeah. right, you yeah. went to... All right, okay. Yeah. What are they called? that? You, it's you... like a pube barber, like a barber. Yeah, like a barber. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have you never... God. Well, you don't have one of those? No, dude, I'm late on that. Yeah. I know the girls to go to get... Bikini wax, but well, I don't know any girls that got to get bikini wax. Um, on that Sorry, note, I'm if you do if you do want to have that service, I'm sure like one of the local dog groomers could sort of sort you mm, your, sort you out. Pubes out. Anyway, let's move on from that show. It is a surfing show at the end of the day. But where I was going with this was um, you kind of get into a routine of things. Mm. But cutting my own hair now that's something special uh, because I've always cut the kids' hair. That's uh, cruel. I used to cut my mates' hair. That's back... cruel, dude. No, it's not. It's it's just really saves money and effort. They don't really want to cut it.
0: Northerly. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> we'll
0: save a couple and of I, pennies. And
1: I do quite a nice blend as a surf Fantastic. barber. So, uh, so I did cut my own sides a little bit when they were growing out uh, somewhat. But it's been uh, the source of some uh, amusement to various sort of mates that I've got. Uh, that I, firstly, I had a lockdown man bun, which became a thing for a lot of people, I think. And now it's just I haven't got anybody to trim the, trim the hair to- as I would. I could probably give myself a number four all over. But- I keep,
0: I just keep thinking about you talking about your pubes. <laughs> Every time you mention grade four, I could trim it all over. I just like, well, you know, what are you talking about? Your yeah, hair? no, I, I know, I'm, I'm in a very silly mood for some reason. Yes, you got lovely hair, mate. You got good curls, you've got good thickness, and a lot of blokes, obviously, who lose their hair often would be very, very well. They might be envious. Um, but I, I've got a buddy of mine who's always commenting on my the thickness of my hair, and he always says, "Yeah, one day it will." It'll go. And I'm like, okay, um, let's, let's just see. <laughs> Thanks for pointing oh, that out. Cheers for that. It's a bit like, you know, when people say, wow, well, you look tired. I know. And you just go, cool. Thanks. Thanks for the positive note. Isn't it funny? It's like, wow, what the vibes some people bring to the world. And you, you kind of have it in surfing where first thing they'll say is, oh, it's a bit shit, isn't it? Yeah. And who am I to say that they're wrong? Because I'm not right. How can I be? You know, the good vibes. Oh, that's right. Well, no, I just find it a lot more joyous for me sharing in good vibes and what is working and what is positive and possible in the world. But here's what's interesting. That's just me. And someone else's misery and pointing out the shit and all the, you know, this and the surf shit, that might be their happiness. How do I know? Yeah. Do you know
1: what I mean? Yeah. Some people get a lot of joy out of being miserable. Of course they do. Cause everybody's different and we're kind of, you know, complex. We're complex creatures at the end of the day. And then some people's joy is other, is another man's sort of sadness and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, that's not, guess what? Not everybody loves surfing. That's, that's another whole show, isn't it? um but we do so welcome to the mindful surfer and i hope you're enjoying our chat about appearance <laughs> every week we
0: get yeah. longer and longer before we actually get are we talking about are
1: we- one of the things that bring it back on a on a serious point on image and uh and other people feeling i guess inclined to comment on on image and judge image and judge appearance and we put this out on social uh just the other day is the instagramification of the human and the lifestyles that the human leads it's become uh, and hopefully it'll swing back to being a more realistic view of the world but with filters and uh the 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 kind of superficiality because you can't get nuance and depth from a either a however many word tweet or a uh, or indeed a sort of quick picture mm. literally is a, a quick snapshot of a moment in time it doesn't give you what's going on around that situation or wh- what took somebody to that situation or whether or not indeed it's staged whether it's a real representation of that so it's very much kind of uh worrying about or being more conscious about image is that kind of uh, anxiety induced by the fact that It feels like we're always being observed Mm. to the extent that we talked about just before the show and we've talked about it in previous shows. If you always had your surfing filmed or photographed, would you get as much enjoyment out of it or would you become so conscious of how it looked that you started to forget how it felt?
0: big time well i've got that video i was saying to you before the show i had a video sent to me by a friend and great photographer and videographer who who we want to put a shout out actually just now as we talk about this called kyle baker check out his instagram and facebook Uh, phenomenal uh, local photographer but just took a little little clip of me uh, on a recent sesh and it was messy and classic kind of ways that we get in this part of the world pretty small pretty messy pretty weak and i sort of went down the line and missed the floater it was potentially on, and then I missed a little kind of top-turny section maybe. And then when I go, did, did go to do my cutback, it was a bit delayed and a bit late and things like that. So it's sort of my reaction speed on the wave it was pretty slow, I felt like, when I watched it. And I just kind of cringed a little bit. And when I was riding that wave, I think I remember it. I just remember it being really fun. And there lies almost everything of what we stand for on this show. Feel Feel feel, just feel it, just what the fuck? Your feet are on the board, you're seeing the lip, your heel is touching the tail pad, you you're rushing down the line, there's a feeling of surge and sort of power that's moving through your body, which is very mysterious because it's you're on a thing that's moving, but then you're not moving, but then you are it's, surfing is, is all the all the good stuff in terms of like just how it, if you go for that feeling, that's the good stuff, and then they sort of look okay, fine, again, like everything that we talked about before, you know image we all have this natural element of the peacock in us. And is there a natural part of me that would want to see a video of me, you know, whipping huge spray through a perfect turn? Yeah, of course, because it's not all ego. I think there's just that natural part of like, no, I want to see my performance. I want to see, see that do well. But as we know, really, mostly what gets in the way of the joy of anything, for that matter, is actually just ego. It's my ego looking at it and, and comparing that performance of what I'm doing there with someone who might be obviously better than me, because there's always going to be someone better than you, right? It's why I think we've got to be really not careful. We've got to be mindful of having video and photo enter into our lives in, this, in the realm of, 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 of our surfing, firstly, but also just in life in general, because it, it's sort of, it can really distort what the joy was and how much joy there was. In that time
1: And what you're living for And what, yeah, why are you are doing it? And, in, in, and uh, in the same vein, what you're surfing for mm. If you are paid to surf to look good You're surfing to be paid to surf to look good If you're surfing because it makes you feel fulfilled, better, cleansed, spiritually enriched Your mind is, gets clarity It's a backdoor into meditation Everything that we've talked about from very day one of this show Then there is no need to see yourself surfing mm. necessarily If you're looking to make technical improvements or you just want to have a look, that's fine. But technical improvements and feeling are very different things, really. So that is going to be a continual theme every time we speak about this stuff that will come up and time and time and time again but we are both human as you guys are out there and you're right ego is plays a part of it because that's sometimes also what drives you to try the thing in the first place so the duality exists but it's trying to tip the balance so that if every surf session that you have you're miserable because either you didn't get the shot you required or you're so desperate trying to get the shot that you forget to connect with the here and now and the present then that's that's kind of a, a bit of a screwed up way of Enjoying something or not enjoying it—that's supposed to be just this blitzful here and now experience that is a backdoor into mindfulness. It's really and, cool. And the same exists really with. This is why I feel for the for for kids, and I think hopefully we'll get a handle on this. Is the whole kind of rise of social media, which which is all about image and superficiality, and I'll get on my soapbox in a minute, but image and superficiality, and there are some good things in there, of course, as well. But broadly, if it is just about how you look and uh, what people like about you, and, and kind of seeking out this validation, you're always going to feel vulnerable when people either troll put you down etc cetera, etc cetera, or it doesn't live up to an image that you have of where you want to be or yourself and that's when you get things like body dysmorphia and all of this sort of thing and of course it exists in big a big way across our community as well our surfing community because there is a huge image element and a huge ego element to surfing and um, people in this community can make you feel just as bad as they can in the beauty industry or mm. the film and TV and music industry criticisms are easy to throw aren't they and if you're feeling vulnerable you're on a growth trajectory because you're either an adolescent and you're getting becoming more mature in life or indeed you're you're Trying to let go of that feeling of what people think. To have those comments is going to impact and affect. And what social has done, particularly, has given people a little bit of an extra window into being able to criticise others. Big time. And um, it's a bloody shame, Will, if you ask me.
0: What I find a beautiful challenge is that I do my best surfing when I'm having the most fun. And... I'm having the most fun because I'm in the flow. Fun becomes... What is that word fun? Well, fun is a sort of energy, enthusiasm, etc., etc. In fact, the word enthusiasm is derived from the Latin entheos, which means to be godlike, not necessarily god him or herself, but you get what I'm trying to say, is to be connected to the universe. So when you're full of enthusiasm, well, why? Well, it's because you're just so full of just the experience. You're there, you're present. There's no thoughts. You're just completely present. And the beautiful challenge is, how can we get back there when we get out of the flow? So often it's 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 waves. We talked about this in the show. Um, if the waves are too little and too weak for your level of ability, it can become a little bit underwhelming and you can start to lose the flow in that way and the enthusiasm can drop down and in the same way if you have waves that overwhelm you that are too big too powerful too this to that again that can take you out of the flow and back into like the fee- a, a, a sort of feeling of stress etc and lots of extra thoughts basically thoughts essentially when you start thinking more and so some of our quest just on a practical level let alone a psychological level just on a practical level is choosing ideally if we can because uh, let's say ideally because the only way to learn is through failure but is to choose through learning through failure the right kind of waves for us and for our ability to get the most joy from them to get the most enthusiasm how do you find that out like i said there's only one way you find out what you don't want there's only one way finding out what you do want in life is to find out what you don't want then you find out what you don't want and then you and then you get little clues and then you chop and change and twerk and you know there was one guy i saw in the water the other day i say twerk that's that's definitely not what it is it's tweak but I saw a guy in the water the other day who I know well, and I've always held up as a, as being a really solid surface surf for many, many years. Checks every swell, dot, dot, dot. And I was in the sea with him. We on a big, big day. It's one of our big days that we had recently. And the comment he made was, as I'm paddling past, he's like, "Oh, just, just not a big fan of big waves." And I was like, "Oh yeah, go on." He's like, "Yeah, I just, I just lose that, I just lose that flow, and I'm just, I just get a bit." And I was like, oh, "Okay, cool." And it's classic surf conversation. Suddenly, bang i was off on a wave or he was off there or we had to duck dive and i we i didn't see him again there's a real insight that because this guy's real alpha in my view but had the courage which is what it is to be vulnerable enough to just be honest about that i think if more surfers could do that it would do them a lot of good because ego obviously does pull you into um the peer pressure aspects of, of going into conditions that you might not otherwise go in but You want it because you want to, you know, hold up your ego's end of the bargain, which is, you know, other people are watching you and you you want to prove to yourself, you know, I can do this and dot, dot, dot. And I think there's some wisdom in that. We've discussed this on the Mm. show, that that can then get you through the back door into big ways. And then if you do get a few successes, you can go, well, actually, (laughs) I actually enjoyed that more than I thought it would. But a lot of the time, you know, we don't. Um, And we discussed this
1: with, um, I think, Kirby Girl, didn't we? Yeah. And we discussed this with her as well. Yeah. And you don't know until you try. Yep. So to to give something a go. I think sitting from the position where we maybe have all done from time to time, but generally speaking, you know, I think if you're into this show, you're kind of looking at that kind of growth mindset that we talk about, beginner mindset and that open-eyed sort of view of the world that you want to try other things. But it's only by trying stuff that you start to dial in where your happy place is, if, if you want to call it that, or your your flow state can can sit. And that might be Smaller waves, might be medium waves, might be bigger waves, it might be clean waves, it might be junky waves, it might whatever it is, whatever your sort of enjoyment level is. Um, but until you try, you don't know, and you can sort of dial all within the parameters of safety zone, of course. But to push that comfort zone helps you find out where it is that you want to be. The one that sort of, I think, we see sometimes when you're coaching in life, sport, business, whatever it might be, is that that perfection fetish coming back again, where some people are waiting for the ideal conditions to come along. Before they try anything. And if you do that, you'll never come. So as we spoke on our Instagram live with Priscilla, actually, who, by the way, guys, was supposed to be on the show today, but some of the sound quality that we did on recording wasn't good. So we're just going to re-record our own show with uh, Priscilla that will be out in the next week or two. Uh, Hello, Priscilla, if you're listening. And uh, we've spoken to her about that. But the IGTV stuff that we did was all about kind of some, you know, this idea of having a go, trying, not sitting back and waiting and then working it out from there. Mm. Give it a whirl. Give it a whirl. It's interesting because it takes. There's much courage to, in fact, more
0: to be weak than it does to be strong. So this is a lovely quote, which is um, true strength is revealing your weaknesses or revealing your fears because you've now just kind of made it okay to be afraid. And that's kind of rare because... We get told to be brave and go for it and excel and push your boundaries and dot, dot, dot. And that's, of course, of course, there's merit in that massively, massively. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. But maybe there's even more courage in being able to go, actually, nah, not for me. Yeah. And that's a conversation that will continue to go on in this show. We've had practical experiences, you and I, of that. I've taken you in bigger waves. You've not loved it. It might be that you... Go back to that, maybe, or it might be that you don't. Um, that's something for you to work out. What's, what's your mindset on it now? How do you feel about that idea of, of bigger wave, gnarlier waves? No, that's
1: a good question. I mean, for anybody who's listened from the beginning, you'll kind of see that as I've gone into sort of some, uh, some stuff that is definitely outside. For me, it's comfort zone rather than safety zone. Often some of the bigger waves, because you know, competent, it's the equipment. I'm much more comfortable bizarrely swimming in <laughs> bigger surf than I am sometimes in. Uh, using a board because mm-hmm. the board is a sort of something else to think about. But I absolutely know at the moment where my kind of happy flow is. And it's, you know, let's say three to five foot clean, everybody, I mean, perfect, perfection coming back in, isn't it? But that's, that's quite a nice place for a lot of surfers, I would say, and, and, have, have kind of, uh, that, that I would sort of uh, speak to. It's a hard one for me to answer, but I certainly know, and, and, and this, if it resonates, is a metaphor for life as well because this is why i'm talking about trying stuff and not waiting for those because sometimes you've just got to surf with what you've got and i think again if, if your if your local is overhead pipeline you're going to just have to surf overhead pipeline for example, <laughs> a good uh, example. regardless of whether you'd like yeah, it or I not like if you want to surf and sometimes i think we've surfed and it's because if i don't surf those waves i'm not surfing and i'd rather surf up until up to a certain certain level but what has happened and this is where I'll see my arse when it gets big again, but uh, because we had a day that was probably one of the biggest at our local break that I've ever seen, and a lot of people commented on that when we were out surfing with them, and it was unusual. We're sort of joking. We've got a clock tower, so I was saying it was very very Nazare, but uh, having seen Andrew Cotton, Cotty's face coming out of the surf the other day, it's nothing like Nazare, but there's certainly, you know, that sort of peaky takeoff, very sort of chunky sort of stuff. And uh, practice and repetition, which is a theme that comes up time and time again, seem to come to play as well. Because I wasn't, you know, if I'd have gone back three years ago into that those conditions, I would have felt very, very uncomfortable to the point where I would not have enjoyed my surf. But I actually enjoyed the day. I didn't, paddle paddled more than I caught waves, uh, but the waves I caught were great fun. Um, the hold downs weren't so bad when it happened. It was just great. Great fun. So my sort of, as somebody coming back into surfing, I think when you're younger you don't have the fear factor as much. You're not as aware of your own mortality, but but as you age and you sort of come back and you've got to push the levels of your experience and, and get your ability back to a good place and your fitness, actually, it's fitness is a big thing when, fitness you're, going is out, massive when you're going out in the way. So because my fitness is better, my ocean kind of skills are not as rusty. I'm back in a sort of good good place from sort of sea swimming. The comfort levels have got more with, with bigger surf. So it's going to be interesting as we, I, I know what I definitely don't like, huge hollow beach breaks, that might change. And I know what I really do like. But the sort of bits in between that, mm. we'll just have to keep trying. And that's, I think, where if you only say, well, I just it's good to admit what you don't like, and it's good to know what is a, I'm not doing that. But equally, it's also worth giving some of that stuff a go, providing you're safe enough, in, in order to really sort of either confirm or deny that.
0: It's really good. I think women are particularly good at telling you about their fears and what they don't want to do in that realm. Better than men, for sure. I yeah. I found like Al would be like, oh no, that's that's way too much for me. Yeah. And and that level, that level of of just being so honest about the fear, like that's no no, just. And I wonder if it is isn't... Of course, it's a human thing, ego. But in the same way, the male ego is particularly interesting in the way that bravado comes in, and alpha males, and and peer pressure and things. And I wonder if in the in the female surf community, it'd be, it'd be interesting to to tune into this. Now, of course, we do talk. We, well, we're going to talk to Priscilla again. She's a big wave surfer. But I wonder if if, if in in the sort of world of female bigger wave surfing or as you go into bigger waves let's say you're in groups of, of girls that go into bigger waves whether there's the same kind of deal going or whether they are just much more let's say that you know walking on the beach with each other and they can just go actually do you know what I'm a bit scared for that and I don't I don't fancy it because the ego is much
1: lower. Not much lower, but it's, it does tend to be lower. The ability to be authentic and not to do something for peer pressure. It's really, mm. ego really is uh, stoked by peer pressure, isn't it? It responds warmly, negatively on either side to peer pressure. It helps you do things or, or makes you do things in order to... Not have your ego hurt by mm. the people around you, one of the things she did say though when we because we had we've had a couple of really good chats with uh, Priscilla uh, a friend of the show recently, and um she mentioned a very interesting thing about big Surf because we were talking about she was talking about acceptance in lineups and all of this sort of thing, and particularly with ego and bravado and all of this sort of stuff, and it's very telling this because once you get to a certain size wave i'm not I'm certainly not in there we we're, we're both not in there, really, but when I mean, we should talk about but once you get to that certain size that these guys are surfing, it's that kind of ego, um, peacocking is gone anyway because everybody's in that sort of flow of concentrating a hundred percent on making sure their online is safe and they dialed into sort of performing to the highest standard that they can because it is a kind of life and death situation. It's not about. Um, pulling an air off the top of a sort of three and a half five foot wave and show, it's not about showing off in front of other people in the lineup it's about that kind of raw challenging yourself in those kind of huge huge conditions so that was quite interesting that's that, really really cool all of that sort of you know lower level kind of showing off and peacocking and pushing and shoving to get in the lineup once you get to a certain size disappears it's <laughs> really cool really really
0: cool hey hope you're enjoying the show if you connect with what we do here at the mindful surfer Why not share it with your friends or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review? The more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Let's go on to segment number one. We've done Philosopher's Corner. We're going to call that segment number one. We do this each week. This is really segment number
1: two. It is. We've gone from hair to ego in one long leap. Foul
0: swoop. Yeah. This is our segment, we, t- we just do a bit of mindfulness, uh, two minutes, just checking with your breathing, calm everything down, center yourself, ground yourself and uh, raise your awareness. So take a deep breath in through your nose and breathe out and deep breath in
1: and breathe out. Keep
0: taking deep breaths and just see if you can really focus on something that you can see and see how long you can keep your focus on it before your mind interrupts with something else and distracts you from it. So just see what you can see with stillness. Seeing colors, textures, shapes. And just see it for what it is. Nice one, guys. Seeing things for how they really are is the world of non-vocabulary, i.e. no words, no labels, no thing, no thingness, just pure silence. So if a short border, short border, get my pronunciations right today, I need to have a
1: little... Are you talking in a sort of uh,
0: unknown foreign language there? Unknown foreign language. Is this the short border is in the sea, and if you see him or her as they are, they are just a short border in the sea. If there's a stand-up paddler way out the back, waiting for a set wave, they are just a stand-up paddler out the back, waiting for a set wave. You can see where I'm going with this. It's basically things are the way they are. It's only ever our minds that make them into something else. But that does not mean that on this very example that I'm discussing, that we let said supper or shortboard or whoever else be a dick. Because you can be a dick a certain amount of times, but then eventually a non-label and non-judge and just let things be in silence and et cetera. But as we discuss in the show, mindfulness and the stillness that comes with it and all that benefit of just being present, relaxed and enjoying the moment for what it is, is not a green light to have someone mow you over and steal every set wave or be ultra aggressive or be whatever else, insert whatever you fancy into that realm. Because assertiveness when done calmly, is a really valuable tool to have. And if you become the ultra people pleaser, well, what good is that going to do? That's what I want to ask. What well, If you will go into the sort of grand scheme of things, because if you're the ultimate people pleaser and you're continually dealing with an internal environment that says actually enough is enough, and you're not exercising that demon, you're not speaking up and not setting a boundary and, and, and putting that line in the sand... You're doing the world more harm, not more good. We do, we need more people. There's a there's a there's a beautiful Wayne Dyer quote, which I think I mentioned last week, which is that you getting sick isn't gonna make one person more well. The most well you that you could ever be is the most healing thing this planet could have. So maybe you speaking up to said person in the lineup could be a good thing. I mean we discussed this on social, didn't we? You know?
1: Yeah. When I mean you, we upset a few suppers. When
0: you get a, but actually listen, I'm a supper, by the way.
1: Yeah. I'm not. So I'm part of that too. <laughs> I am a supper. And I could be I
0: such a dick on a supper.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't wave sup if I'm honest.
0: To the listeners who don't know what sup is, stand up, paddle, sorry, yeah. just or in case.
1: to go back to my, and I don't think my mother has anything against suppers per se either, but she does call them water borders, as, as we've often said, which is a form <laughs> of torture <laughs> that, that was used by the Americans.
0: Every time I think of her sat there. <laughs> Oh, the waterboarders, dear. Yeah. They're not well, with a northern accent. Yeah. They're nice, aren't they?
1: They're, <laughs> look at those waterboarders having a good time. Anyway, I think the post as well was an interesting one, because if you read it, it was nuanced. So there was like a, don't be a dick. But that applies to everybody, you know? Surf hard and be nice to people. Work hard and be nice to people. Don't be a dickhead. It's quite a sort of basic tenant in life, isn't it, to live by. It is the case that... You know, if, if that's re- happening repeated times and you don't speak up, or or rather, actually, if you don't speak your truth and you don't live the best version of your life that you want to live, eventually it'll eat away at you somewhere inside. What specifically do you find hard about stand-up paddlers sometimes? My entire thing with stand-up paddlers that I find hard... This is going to get taken out of context if I don't sort of explain it. Please listen to the news. I don't have a problem with stand-up paddling because I was watching somebody the other day as well. I'll come on to this as an example. And Tom spoke about it, which is great because he's a fantastic paddleboarder and, uh, and made some of the very same points I'm about to make. The only thing I have a problem with with stand-up paddleboarders is, is really on two, two levels. In the surf, by the way. In the surf. Not and as human beings. Just in the surf. In the just surf. Just the surf. By the way. And by the way, this is about behaviour, not about the thing. They are either the object or the person. This is about behaviors of some, not all. Okay, just going to caveat that. First and foremost is awareness of positioning. How many other people are around them and where they are? Because you have got distinct advantage on every other person in the water who is not on a stand-up paddleboard. It's the same the way as somebody on a long board has got an advantage on takeoff against somebody on a shorter board and so on and so forth. And the poor bloody um, body surface right at the bottom of the sort of uh, pecking order, like a pedestrian on a very busy highway. Okay, that might be a good thing. In a stand-up paddleboard, you are essentially, in a way, if I can keep that analogy going, driving an articulated lorry on a motorway.
0: This is a good analogy, dude. And
1: you, you don't want to be in the outside lane doing 90 miles an hour in an articulated lorry, uh, a truck. For our american listeners in the outside lane of the freeway you want to be at least somewhere that you're not going to sort of plow into a family who are driving along not minding their own business if you have to stop suddenly for and that's this is why the analogy is good and what i see with the quite a few stand-up paddleboarders in some of the sort of surf that we surf that we do is they're often and this is good because this shows about beginner mindset and growth they're in the beginner category of paddleboarding just paddleboarding we're not even talking about surf please learn to paddleboard before you take your paddleboard into a surf scenario f- yep. first and foremost so it becomes a safety issue for me that's the only thing that's one of my main drivers is positioning and then awareness of other people who, who are either other paddleboarders or surfers or swimmers around them I've seen some horrendous close shaves with paddleboarders because the other thing is and Tom highlighted this as well you are generally if you're not a sort of on a short paddleboard like a performance sup you're on something that's what ten and a half foot long and it's very heavy it's traveling very quickly and you haven't really got a lot of control of it if you if you don't know what you're doing and the problem with that is it's great if you're in an uncrowded place but if you're around people and particularly if there's like groms and kids in the water as well it's supremely dangerous it's almost a kind of big safety zone flag for me is seeing paddle boarders come cutting through other beach users <laughs> I totally agree. The, I'm putting my what, sort of surf life saving GB manual you are, uh, into practice there. You are, you are. It, especially on unflagged beaches, it's, it's really dangerous. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. It's really dangerous. The, um, the analogy is great, by the way. Yeah. I love that.
0: I'm going to be like, you fucking articulated Laurie. Get the, <laughs> get the fuck out of where you're supping right now. Um, rubber duck, rubber duck. Yeah. Yep. Fuck off out of the water. Oh, mate. I turn into a dick on a sup. Definitely, because I'm a dick on a Yeah, yeah, I did it. I did it
1: before you got in there. Uh, hey, oh, uh,
0: when I when I, I did tell you what,
1: it, at least you're consistent.
0: Thank you, mate. <laughs> when I when I did it really consistently, uh, I got I got much better at it. The better that I got, the fitter I was getting, so I could get catch more and more and more and more and more waves. And it really, really is an insight when I look back in time. It makes me realise how addictive. It just reminds me, should I say, how addictive waves are so if you can have more the greed element in all of us which is in all of us by the way there's no one who doesn't want more and that more you know more money or you know more success or more you know more of anything just we're all human but that starts to take over it's like a little disease it's like an ivy it just starts to work its way into the stand-up paddler, and i don't know what happens there's some very very conscious humans on this planet who just switch unconsciously into this dick stand-up paddler. And the thing is, is it's the, the thing that gets me the most is being further out the back and taking the wave, further out the back, taking the wave. And the thing about SUP is that it's fairly new. It's only since Laird popularised it that we've really had to deal with, with more and more SUP in the lineup. Now, You're not a dick Laird, by the way. You're definitely not a dick Laird. But the thing is...
1: And I wouldn't call him onto his face either. Neither
0: would I. Is that the, the surfing world hasn't yet figured out... How are we going to kind of create some sort of mindful, I mean, dare we say rules, but there are rules there in place for everyone to have the best time possible, like dropping in, for example, and snaking and dot, dot, dot. Because SUP is so much quicker to get about, it's almost as if the rules don't apply and it makes it even more chaotic. And so my big thing with SUP, and I did this a ton, which is just go way down the beach, like just go way down the beach. And this is where the mindless element for me comes in and this is judgmental. This is fully fucking judgmental. It really is. Is that when someone is supping right in the mixer of the lineup, where there are waves a mile that way and a mile this way, I a complete judgment from mine. There's no doubt about it. It's my ego going, That fuck it. that guy or girl is an idiot. To be surfing where they're surfing, they got no clue about how surfing works. You know, the fact that you could just get wave after wave away wave. Way, way down the beach. And here's where I want to finish with this because in the end, it's got to come back to healing. It's got to come back to good stuff and calm and acceptance and things. In the end, it's so much more important that I notice my mind and I notice myself being triggered and I work at that myself by doing what I can do initially just to control the environment. Now, what I'll normally do is I'll paddle away. That's my first protocol. I, w- I won't, o- as much as we joke about the fact that I'm this, you know, hellish cunt on this show, I'm actually, I know I'm actually quite a nice human being you get to know me. And I'll firstly just paddle away. That's my first first port of call. So I'll have the website, look, I'm just gonna paddle away. But if it starts to genuinely become an issue and it's like it's a regular thing, it's a regular thing, then it's okay to speak up. I've never personally actually spoken up to a stand up paddle. They they trigger me so much when they're that idiotic and they're just right in the mixer that I just I'd way rather just surf the shittiest peak a mile down the beach than be anywhere near them. I just find it so idiotic how you could be that
1: mindless. Yeah. And by the way, as I said, as Will and I say, we both have paddle boards. Will's a very good surf supper. We know all of our crew sup to an extent. Yeah, they all do. Uh, but there are a very, there are, a, as with society. And sometimes, actually, the weird thing about this, and maybe this is a societal thing as well, a lot of the guys, and generally guys, actually, I'm going to put it out there, sorry, sorry, fellas, uh, who sup... uh who do these behaviours, often quite nice people, probably off the, off, oh, dude, out, out dude, of the dude, water. Dude, 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 dude. It's more of an awareness. It's all
0: it? it is. It's not... Listen, the amount of times I would have done it and I cringe at how I would have been. I feel like I'm talking about, you know, the, when I used to be like an alcoholic or something, like yeah. I had an addiction issue, <laughs> yeah. like literally, like I was, you know, Hello. in the sea. My
1: name's Will <laughs> uh, and I've I've been supping for 14 years. <laughs>
0: dude, it was this thing. And what I noticed as well about stand-up is that it's a good insight into how... More surf and more waves don't always equate, if not ever, to more happiness. So we have this assumption that more, more money, more success, more of this, more people, more love, more friends, more waves, more, more, more is going to be better. And it's a fallacy. It's a fallacy of of an ego that is thirsty for distraction from itself itself. Over and over and over. So why, why is that wave so addictive? Well, cause I'm just free of everything. I'm free of mind. I'm free of having to fight, figure out nuance. I'm free of having to, to, to negotiate the lineup and, and be patient. I'm free of all that bullshit. So I go, I, I just don't have to be patient. I think, well, being on a surfboard makes you have to be is much more patient. You got to wait. And that's not what we do well as humans, is it? You no. know, it's like the Guinness, well, it's like the Guinness advert. He sits dum da dum dum da dum any he, oh, that and and he, and he waits. That's yeah. fucking such a good it, it's,
1: it's It's when also that you... Humans have a, an instinctive concept of waiting their turn, in a way, and sort of share fairness. And, you know, generally speaking, if you let humans sort it out, eventually, I hope, this is a, you know, there's a degree of, okay, we... We we sort of spread things out. We we, we share things. We, sh- we share and, and and it's when you perceive that there's no fairness of sharing, and that's sometimes what happens in the surf conflict. And it gets talked about a lot. And we are human, so we are, we are aware of it as well. And like Will saying, there are triggers sometimes when you know we both. That's why you're asking me first, isn't it? Because I do get a bit freaked out sometimes. You do, but it's more from the, I've seen some horrendous things. I saw the other day. I was I was just skating on the seafront, watching. It was quite busy. There weren't really any waves, but the loads of kids in. And um, one sup I know really well he was for full control and sur- surfing the right peaks there are many of them. the right peaks and yep. a, I could just see somebody else that I didn't uh, I don't whether, who cares who who, who it is uh, whether you know them or not but just somebody I didn't recognise and they were sort of going for a lot of waves where there was loads of people and not making any apart from falling off and when that when that thing launches it's bloody dangerous so um, that's my biggest sort of bugbear so you know that Tiffany song I think we were alone now mm-hmm. Do you remember that?
0: That's... Man, see, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what suppers should be singing that before they start catching y- waves. Good one.
0: Like that.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, anybody out there that's offended.
0: Well, listen, well, I mean, t- listen.
1: If, you've, you've, been been aff- a- if every- you've been affected by any things you've heard in this program, please don't call us.
0: <laughs> you, you would not be remotely even close to being offended. As a stand-up paddler, listening to what we're talking about right now, if you are a mindful stand-up paddler, you wouldn't be remotely. You'd be like, "Yep, I got my stand-up paddle. There's a busy beach, where I'm going a little bit down the beach. Or when I do get in, I'm just going to paddle down because I have got so much speed in my board. I'm going or I'm going when I do go in. You know, how busy is it there? Are there kids there? You know, with the people. You would just weigh things up all the time. You would be new, way more nuanced than yeah someone who just mindlessly grabs what right in and just yeah. We yeah. could carry on well, about this for a long time. Let's leave it there. Time. Let's um, leave it there. Segment number three: Mind-body stoke. Liam and I talk about what we've been doing with our minds or bodies to raise the stoke now i've been getting back into cold therapy but with a twist so we're coming into much colder month in this part of the world and therefore we have the um this beautiful benefit this um appreciation for cold water because it can give you this huge boost in well-being for a number of, of, of things. So, for example, the brown fat that surrounds your organs, this mm-hmm. is not the fat that we see, gets burned and gets used when your body is trying to reheat itself. It's a really interesting thing. So if you want a healthier internal environment in your body, let alone the outside and the aesthetics because you burn that too, but you will burn fat internally inside of your body, cholesterol, um, by going in cold water. So you're just going to get healthier straight out the gates in that way. It's also phenomenal for the mind. And doctors in Sweden now prescribe cold therapy before they give someone antidepressants. But that's a very, very, very forward-thinking country. And listen, we could talk about that on regards to their approach to coronavirus too. I mean, we, too, we, but-
1: we, 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 we had a look at this, actually, I think one of the early episodes, because there was a documentary on BBC One some years ago that explored that very subject to do with both uh, yeah, d- uh, depression, mm-hmm. And also pain. Yep. And it's a very alternative to paracetamol sometimes as well, because of the endorphin rush. You know, that kind of Cute, cold huge. water therapy. It's good.
0: It's working its way across the globe and, and it's down to really Wim Hof. I mean he, he is if you haven't yes. ever heard of this guy, just check out Wim Hof. W i m h o f. Fantastic name, by the way. Gotta be the world's greatest name. And he's a dude. Such a dude. And I won't go into the ins and outs of Wim, but just check his stuff out. And I think he's inspired so much of this. Cold water movement. And if you therefore, but then you also might live, like my friend does, he lives in Australia, doesn't get any exposure to cold. Now, in his situation, he's bought a um, massive chest freezer. You can get them secondhand often. Fills it with water about an hour before he wants to go in. Plugs it in. So it's starting to freeze this water, starting to take time take, to right, 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 right down. Goes in, has a plunge. So you can find little hacks, little ways of doing it. I, I see Led Hamilton doing it loads. I see the, the Smith brothers, yep. you know, the, 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 the Coa, and I can't remember the names of the other guys. Yeah,
1: Tony Riddle is a big, big... Big proponent big, of it. Big proponent. Um, people like Jay Morton, who I think we follow as well, they yep. all kind of post their pictures of that cold water therapy. Yep. I've got out of the habit a little bit. I need to get, because my sea swimming sort of finished a little bit now because of the dark evenings. Mm-hmm. I need, I need, need's a funny thing, isn't it? But the, the, the next thing is to start just dipping in 10 minutes of shorts. And, and you've think, got another hack. And here's where the hack is. Yeah.
0: I've been going in, in my one mil shorty into 12 degree water. So it's really getting really chilly in this part of the world. And just going in with my board in little waves to have a bit of fun on the board and get the cold therapy. Because the thing about cold therapy, the thing about going in cold plunges is, of course, you immediately are there like, wow, when I'm, when, when's this going to finish? I said I would do 10 minutes, but I'm about a minute in and I want to get out. I'm two minutes in. I want to get out. I'm three. And you just, oh. And of course, there's loads of wisdom in staying in there and not actually having distraction, but just being with the pain. Now, listen, I'd be the first proponent of that. That is that is meditating on it. And of course, you, you grow so much in resilience in those ways. However, I am human and we're all human. And if I can be distracted from the cold because I'm surfing on my foamy in little crumbly waves, that's a cool thing. Because I might suddenly do 20, 25 minutes in really cold water in a pair of shorts or, or shorty and be like, sweet, I've just had a surf and I've had cold therapy. So if you are contemplating cold therapy, we might even hold a bikini slash speedos cold therapy session. On our retreats one day where we all go surfing, but just just in your speedo, in your uh, bikini, because you just get so many side benefits.
1: You're not just surfing, but you're getting cold and the endorphin rush. It feels great when you do it. And it's long tail, isn't it? So you feel good hours after you've, Mm. you've had that very short exposure to it, providing you don't go too long and get hypothermic, which is also a danger. But it's great. It is a fantastic, it's a fantastic way of feeling good and having real positive benefits for your mind as well. Big time. It's a zinger, isn't it?
0: You got anything there, dude, you want to share?
1: Sort of... They all sort of flow together for me, really. One of the things I've been doing a lot, which is sort of a body and mind thing that comes together is, uh, we talked quite extensively about surf skates. So surf skating from a body perspective of kind of strengthening ankle strength, calf strength, leg strength, hips, you know, the, the whole sort of chain, especially that posterior chain, waking up into the glutes is, is getting a workout with some of the training that you and I are putting in, uh, with the boys together. That I'm doing a lot of that sort of, sort of surf skate stuff at the moment. And what that's doing for me, um, as well, and from a mind perspective, perspective is allowing me to see really connecting the dots because we've been doing it a while now but as the kind of some of the gains come from surfing is connecting the dots from what's happening on the surfscape to what's happening in the ocean and although it was coming together it's only more and more now that the more you do both of those things in conjunction you start to apply those to the real gains that you might make in the ocean so the surf skate on its own is a lot of fun but getting hand positioning where you're generating that speed from making sure that you're sort of in the right place as you do the turns both kind of front side and back side and for me particularly at the moment when i talk about these rooms that you go into where you progress anything but particularly in this instance surfing is it's helping me learn line speed generation which i really didn't i was kind of, sort of slower trimming before into cutback then that box is really the last couple of weeks is finding a little bit more line speed of how do i get down that line faster when it's not really a super powerful wave that then raises the stoke levels because even even going back to what we were saying at the beginning if you filmed it and thought oh actually that wasn't very fast at all it feels fast and it feels faster than the previous surf that we had those gains keep coming especially if you put in all of the effort on the surf skate. So that's what I've been doing. And actually to link it to, I don't want to jump too far ahead to surf media, but there's some guys that I uh, would advise checking out called, or a surf they are. Mm. And there's one of the coaches on there, looks insanely like Jamie O'Brien, by the way, as well. You, I, I thought it was Jamie at first. It has some really good mechanical tips, like to do with biomechanics of how to think about, the, you know, turns, hand positioning, speed on surf skates as well. So, although you know we looked at Rod Machado, uh, Kale Brock, and all those guys, these guys at Amanzi Surf have got some really lovely tips as well. I've got a site um, on this very topic. Mm. Someone we'd love to on the show one day,
0: Barton Lynch. Oh, now Barton. He has BL. a coaching video online. And he uses an expression in there that is just the most on point, surfing, summing up the cheesiness, the stoke, the joy, advancement and progression of... of, of. Getting into corners of the way, he's not just flat on the way, but finding little edges and corners and, and rebounding, full cutback rebound. And so he's, he's doing the description. I'm going to do my best. Aussie accent. So he's like, right, lads. So what, ladies, lads, what do you want to do? you going to go down the line and then, you know, you come round the cone. So you set up all your cones and you go round the cone and you can't figure it out. And you come back, you come back, keep looking, keep looking over your shoulder and then Kang off the top. There you go. <laughs> And he keeps using this word. And for all these kids he's coaching in this video, it's a pretty video. He's like, yeah, you go round. around. There's a corner, mate. Yeah. Kang. And it's this word like, Kang. And it's, that is something I've worked at tirelessly for years and years and years is that re-entry off a cutback. It is so hard to do. But what's so cool about skates is they train it over and over and they train it over and over and you get this mind to body, body to mind, mind to body, body to mind, synaptic relation go- relationship going on outside of the ocean because you're only going to get a few yeah. little opportunities when you get on that wave. So that's what's so, so, so good about a um, skate. It's a bit like being a batsman and buying a, a, a bowling machine and yeah. a net. So you're giving yourself the chance to get better without having to actually go out there into the middle on the pitch and and try and ideally score a century or 50 runs or whatever. You're, You're really giving yourself that yeah. Practice opportunity. It's massive and it? it's all about it, only is
1: about practice. The more mm. practice, the better you understand the the, the the thing you need to do. You make the mistakes actually in an environment that's more controlled. And so when you take it into an, an uncontrolled environment, a little bit like the surf, you've got better gains. But who doesn't love Barton Lynch though? He is one of the happiest, mm-hmm. most energetic people in surfing, isn't he? Water legend. Absolute mindful surfing. And we legend. know he, li- he listens to this show, obviously. Oh, he's number one fan. Just want to say, actually, Social on media,
0: Matt, sorry, on. Just very
1: quickly on BL, because he did this blast, BL blast and some of the standard of kid surfing that he 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 was highlighting is off the charts. You know, eleven, twelve, thirteen year olds charging huge waves, charging barrels, uh hanging off the top of these waves. It is impressive to see and uh, you take hat off to it. So uh, but we do have to mention one of our local younger surfers, uh Esme, who came second in the English longboard championships.
0: Well done Esme. Yeah. Well done. Very cool. We just want to finish the show by saying that we are going to do a re-recording with Priscilla and that's going to be out in a couple of weeks. Yes. But today was just a solo effort from Liam and I, kind of reflecting a lot on what we said with Priscilla, but the sound quality just wasn't quite there. So we're going to have another crack at that and and bring that to you
1: soon. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Give us a little follow on that old Instagram if you want to uh follow leave a little review for us uh if you can as well if you're enjoying the show uh but we're loving it so thanks for tuning in and uh we'll see you next week you see you guys